Courtside of the Virtual Hardwood, it's the NLSC Podcast, episode number 277. Andrew with you this week, as I am pretty much every week. With me this week is Kenny. Good to be back again. Kind of an odd time of year, Kenny. It's it's six months since the games came out, and six months to the previous season, or actually the release of the game, the previous season, hopefully only about three or four months away, and there is stuff coming through for the games, new content, that kind of thing, but we're kind of in between the big news periods for both games although i suppose the 2k league will be starting up at some point too yeah and uh you know we're both looking forward to that for sure but oh yeah i think (laughs) i think in the meantime it's a great uh you know it's a great opportunity for anybody who's listening to send in their um you know suggested questions and topics and you know we could potentially riff off those absolutely we definitely invite those suggestions from our listeners so if you do have any topic suggestions things you want us to debate, just questions you'd like us to answer, give our opinion on, or monologue on, as the case may be, by all means, send them in. But we do have a couple of news items this week, Kenny. Uh, content updates do keep coming through for NBA Live 19 and NBA 2K19, of course. The latest roster update for Live 19 came through. It's the latest content update, I should say. Uh, there's also a patch. There was no patch notes, so I think it's basically just preparing us for the live events. But there, there was a roster ratings and player gear update. Uh, interestingly... Kawhi Leonard has been assigned the EA generics, not the 2K generics, of course, but the EA generics. Right. Um, would there be any reason behind that? Is he in negotiations at the moment, or is it just kind of an oversight, do you think? Uh, well, they actually listed it as one of the changes in the update, so they actually said that they changed them to EA generics, so I guess he's maybe not wearing any branded shoes at the moment, or he's wearing a shoe that's not in the game, perhaps? Oh, okay. That's kind of interesting. I'm... Uh, I guess you've got the wrong co-host on at the moment yes. to talk about that. But, <laughs> needed, needed, um, <laughs> needed Ben and his shoe game to uh, to cover that one. Yeah, so yeah, absolutely. Might have, to, might have to look into that. But anyway, he is wearing the EA generics. And got a few comments over on Reddit, obviously, because that was quite interesting, as, uh, as we said. The other update this week is the new creator challenge. Last week was the Professor and Bone Collector. Got a couple of those uh, animations. Did you do that one last week, Kenny, at all? Um, I actually haven't played NBA Live for a few weeks, so yeah, I haven't really seen any of the new content at all. Something I should really get onto because, um, yeah, NBA Live is doing a lot of great things, but you know, between uh, work and I suppose the 2K grind, I haven't found a whole lot of time to just you know check it out again. Working hard for the VC, basically. Uh, yeah, I, I've yep. done a, I've done a few here and there. So yeah, Creamy Biggums is the creator challenge in the live events this week. And the interesting thing about him is that he has a very distinct body model. And I find this interesting because NBA Live 19 doesn't have a huge differentiation in the amount of body models in the game. A lot of the players look the same. It's a weakness that a lot of people have pointed out. And I'm hoping, Kenny, that seeing they've done this with him, that we'll actually be able to see more variation in the body models in NBA Live 20 and beyond. It's a promising sign because I think in order to get that realism, they do need a whole lot of body models. Like, for instance, Trey Young's probably built a lot differently to, say, Chris Paul. So you mm. kind of need those to add to the authenticity of the experience. Absolutely. It's it just one of those things where you where the game sometimes fails the eye test, where you look at a player and they say, well, that doesn't look like DeMarcus Cousins. It's not beefy enough, or that's that player's too scrawny, that player's... Not quite, uh, you know, doesn't quite look like themselves, even if the face is accurate, the body. It's still a part of the whole package, basically, of that authenticity, as you said. So I'm hoping that, obviously, the technology is there. The the real play emotion and the Ignite engine can handle it. 
so fingers crossed that we do see more variation in the future we have seen them putting more work in that aspect obviously injuries coming back into the game is a huge deal as well so we are seeing more of that sim and authenticity back coming back into the game and it it does make me feel a little bit optimistic about that yeah absolutely and it's definitely those are definitely some aspects of the game that they needed to bring in that have been missing over the past few years so um yeah it's very promising to see that the game is progressing in that way Speaking of content updates on the NBA 2K19 side of things, my team, they continue to push through new challenges and locker codes. And and like I've said before, Kenny, I really like what they're doing with the locker codes this year, having them timed, or at least having them available for a week, I suppose, rather than having them by quantity, because they were just going in 30 seconds, and it was ridiculous. It was ridiculous. And I think the way that they're doing it now puts everybody on an equal playing field. And it's kind of fun as well seeing that um kind of like that pinball kind of thing going on where it's like the lack of the draw i suppose um i don't know i i find it pretty entertaining but um well it's, it's, yeah it's sometimes fun and frustrating, it I think. can feel a little bit rigged but yeah <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely yeah i was actually talking to wex about it last night but he and i have not really been playing the mode as much as you have my team being Uh, Mm -hmm. but we both noted that we've both got pretty decent squads at the moment when we do get stuck into it because even without playing the mode because the locker codes have provided a pretty good head start for uh, for anyone who wants to get into my team and of course having the challenges there permanently even if you are late to the mode as i am this year we've been playing it here and there but not as much as say my career if you are late to the mode you can get some great great head start with the locker codes and start with those easy challenges and those early challenges from earlier on in the season. Whereas in previous years, if you didn't get into the mode, you were really at a disadvantage and behind. Yeah, and you can get some really decent cards as well from the player rewards, um, yeah, like the ones that you can redeem with the tokens. So that, I think that's a that was a really positive feature that they added as well because um, you can kind of... You can add more to your team that way. Like I think at the moment I am at... I think I'm at the Amethyst level cards. Ooh, nice. And so I've been able to claim players like Mike Bibby and uh, who else? Stefan Marbury. And they're constantly adding them as well. So Jason Kidd from the Phoenix Suns is up in the Amethyst section as well. So uh, yeah, there's definitely a lot of ways you can improve your lineups. And again, such a, a better way of doing it than previous years. And I think we mentioned it on a previous show, but we were both kind of skeptical about the tokens approach, that it was yet adding yet another currency system to my team. But it has worked out, and the way they've done it has been quite good. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think I was probably the most skeptical one when it came to the tokens because I just thought, oh my God, another currency in the yeah. game. That's just what we need. Um, but yeah, it's worked out really well, and it's been implemented in a way that I suppose feels fair, if that's the right way to put it. Well, they've yeah, also just... they've also added the six token challenges and the weekly challenges now as well. So they've upped the amount, so it's it's even better, less grinding. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So there, there's plenty of opportunities to get those tokens and redeem those players. The featured pack this week is the LeBron James 20th anniversary pack. It includes a shot at a pink diamond LeBron. Of course, a lot of us did have a pink diamond LeBron on Christmas Day last year, but that, that's a whole other story. <laughs> too soon, man. Too soon. <laughs> uh, personally, I don't think I'll spend my VC on this particular box or any of the packs, Kenny. 
Uh, I'm still hanging out for the Bulls throwback packs. If I'm going to spend 100,000 VC on a box, I'm going to at least want a shot at Michael Jordan or a throwback Bulls player. But, I, I mean, I think the they really need to show the odds as well on these packs because I've seen a lot of people on, on Twitter express their disappointment with how much they've had to spend, and some people are spending real currency on virtual currency just to yep. get the Pink Diamond LeBron or even some of the better other better cards that are in the anniversary pack. Uh, that's something that Live has done, show the odds. It's something that happens on real trading card packs. I do think you can, you can view the special cards that are in there, but not the odds. And I do think they need to show the odds. They can't just say, oh, a chance at a Pink Diamond. If it's, say, oh, what, 1 in 24, 1 in 50, whatever, even if the odds aren't fantastic, at least tell people the odds. Yeah, I I can understand that from a consumer standpoint, but I suppose, you know, 2K wouldn't want to reveal those odds. So I I don't see how that would benefit them in any way. But yeah, I would definitely love to see what those odds are. And, you know, even like I would, I would probably pay more VC for a guarantee of, you know, at least one of those types of cards. Like it wouldn't have to be a pink diamond LeBron, but if you were say getting a, a moments pack, you'd be guaranteed like a moments card. Like, mm. I think that's absolutely, I think that would be a lot more fair, but um, as far as the, uh, the moments LeBron packs are concerned, I actually bought one and I ended up with Tariq Evans. So um, yeah, there you that's, go. Uh, that's how great the odds are for those. <laughs> I do wonder if they will actually be forced to, because I know they've had to remove VC from Pat from my team in certain areas of, in Europe because of the new legislation. I wonder if that does spread throughout the world and certainly as it becomes a bigger deal in Europe, maybe they'll be forced to put the odds on. Yeah, maybe. I mean, there are a few instances where I've kind of been surprised 2K have been able to get some things through compliance. But mm. um, yeah, I, I hope that they will like list those odds, but until they're you know absolutely forced to, I don't see them doing it. And, and to your point... I actually did spend real money on NBA Live 18 last year because the throwback packs that were coming through every week, you were getting a guaranteed throwback player, not necessarily the player you wanted, but that's how I got my Scotty Pippen, and I was quite happy to spend a little extra money on the game and, and get some legends, knowing that I would definitely get legends from the packs. They've not done that in Live, 18, Live 19 this year. It's They've kind of gone backwards with the packs this year, quite frankly. I think we've discussed that before. But yeah, I as much as I hate microtransactions... Sometimes when you have a little bit of disposable income and you feel like, okay, well, this is this is my beer money, my coffee money for the week or whatever, <laughs> sure, sure I'll, I'll spend it just as you may buy a pack back in the day of, of trading cards. Give it a shot if you know that the odds are this or if it is a guarantee throwback player, not necessarily the top tier, but at least a throwback player. And I, I still think the whole throwback pack, you know, a chance of a throwback player, they've made it a little bit better this year, but yeah, I, I think it should always be a throwback player if it's a throwback pack or it, it defeats the purpose absolutely and i think you know go, going back to your point it just goes to show that when a company shows a bit of goodwill that you know consumers may be more willing to open their wallet because um yeah they're showing that i suppose that it's it's worth their money <laughs> i guess you know yeah it's, yeah, it's, yeah it's, it's, it is worth their money that that's the point i was looking to make i was just yeah and and yeah people will spend the money if they can get value for money that's that is kind of common business sense i mean obviously 2k is doing tremendous business so who are we to tell them but you never know when the bubble is going to burst on these things there's a lot of people talking about that with microtransactions will it will there be that rebellion will it will they push it too far we saw in 2k 18 how pushing it too far really got a backlash of 
maybe it, it did really well, obviously, in sales and recurrent revenue, but man, did their, their reputation take a beating. Yeah, and I think as well as 2K are doing now, they could always be doing better and they will never know whether they could be making more money from you know just being a little bit more generous with their packs unless they actually do it. So, um, yeah, it's something I at least like to see them try. Although that being said, the Locker Codes have given away a lot of free content as well, so I do have to commend them for that. Yeah, absolutely. And I've gotten some great cards from those Locker Codes as well. So, um, yeah, credit where it's due there. And I still can't believe my luck to get a, a diamond in the All-Star pack on both PC and PS4 from the Locker Code, getting... Which way it was, man? I think it was Harris on PC and Diallo on PS4. Uh, I, yeah, that, that's never happening again, man. I'm not going <laughs> to... Two in one day on both platforms? No way. So it's not going to... Who did I get? I got Andre Robeson. So he wasn't even an all-star. But he is a champion in my career. For my my career anyway, thanks to me, mostly, actually. Oh, right. Yeah, did he Bull- get traded to the Bulls? The Bulls traded for him, yeah. Who do they try? Who do we trade for him? Because we also traded uh, Felicio to the Knicks for Noah. So we got Noah back on the team as well. But I forget who they traded for... Uh, for Robeson, but yeah, they they brought him in. It was a pretty good, pretty good steal, actually, all things considered, given the overall rating. So I was very surprised to see it. Did they just give you Robeson just to like offset the pain of pain? Could it could you have think? been, yeah, but pain's still around, so we're still feeling the pain there, unfortunately. But, right, uh, but fair enough. So yeah, I guess Robeson, he's uh, he's a champion in one reality at least. But uh, yeah, <laughs> that's uh, that, that's a shame. That's yeah, but you, you've had some decent luck with other packs. Um, codes, I yeah, say. I mean, okay-ish, I suppose. Um, at the moment, I'm just kind of buying packs so I can get more contracts because I started running out of those when I was playing the domination modes. Oh, yes. And, yeah, so I kind of need those um, to stock up again so I can take on the all-time domination. So which do you have better luck with, the wheel in my career, the prize wheel, or locker codes? Locker codes, for sure. I always get like uh, Gatorade packs and mm-hmm. uh, gear from brands I'm not allowed to wear. So yeah, absolutely locker codes. If I get one more Alleyoops tattoo, <laughs> seriously, <laughs> I'm stop spinning that damn wheel. I I would like the Alleyoops tattoos because I I like kind of trying to find creative ways to place them. Like even if they are just letters, I'm like, okay, maybe these can make like certain shapes or <laughs> you know like. Uh, you know, you you get a few letters together and they can make kind of some abstract art. I think I think that's kind of fun. So yeah, I would I would take the tattoos over the um the Gatorade packs for sure. Actually, if you wanted to go to the Simpsons reference, you could try and write the Bart the on uh, <laughs> your chest and uh, go shirtless in the playground. That's a really good idea. Actually, I might uh, might attempt that. That's going to be our next squad goal, I think. In the... <laughs> So we're going to talk a little about modding now, or, or actually I'm going to talk about it. So, uh, Kenny, you might want to make a cup of tea or something. Yeah, so uh, I'll let you talk about that, and I'll go and make myself a cup of tea. March is upon us already, which is quite scary because it seems like only yesterday that it was New Year's. But nevertheless, March is here, and that means it's the second annual March Modness here at the NLSC. Now, March Modness is meant to be a celebration of modding, a month of mod releases, and also a giveaway for modders. Now, if you want to take part in that, if you're a modder and you want to take part in the giveaway to win a copy of NBA Live 20 or NBA 2K20 later this year, please see the news post or the announcement thread in the forum for full details. But basically, if you upload work to our download section, include in the description March Modness, 
then you are in the running to you're in the draw to win your choice of either NBA Live 20 or NBA 2K20. There are some extra conditions, some terms and conditions of entry. Uh, you need to leave it in there. It needs to be uploaded to our server. We want to encourage people to do that, um, and we want to preserve these great mods for, for years to come. So this is part of those efforts, but also we want to give you something back for contributing to the, the site, and that is an entry into the draw to, so that we can give you a free game, of course. So see the sticky thread, as I said, the announcement thread or the news post for further details. As far as the rest of the month is concerned, we do want to celebrate modding. I'll see if I can put up some articles, and I, want, I definitely want to spotlight any big releases that happen this month. I want to get into it myself. I, I don't mod as much as I used to, but this is always a good chance to get back into it, March Modness. So look out for some small releases. I also want to get a couple of bigger projects done this month. There's been things I've been working on for a long time that have just been taking too long, and, and I hate to delay that, and I wanted to get them out last year, and especially the current rosters for this season for NBA Live 2005 to 08, and also NBA 2K11. First time doing a big mod for NBA 2K for me. And yes, they are still in the works. I'm not cancelling them yet. I'm doing my best to get them out. It is a big job, and these days I do have other responsibilities, both with the site and personal life and job and everything else but it is still on the to-do list it is still being something that i'm working on in the background and with it being march modernist i do feel very inclined and in the mood to work on those projects and get them out as as quickly as i can and i'd love to get some stuff out this month certainly i've got some little stuff i know i can put out which i hope you'll enjoy but the big stuff i know is going to be much more exciting as i said still working on the 2k11 rosters it's been quite an interesting experience and i've mentioned this in a couple of previous shows but it's very different working on the 2K rosters as opposed to NBA Live. And one of the first things is there's a lot of player attributes to work with these days. A lot more signature animation, things like that, that you've got to take into account, tendencies. So there's a lot more work that goes into simply creating a player. Take Even if you're just quickly running through a player to add them as a placeholder in the rosters, it can take a, a few minutes where it may, you may be able to knock it over in a, a minute to a minute or two for an NBA Live when you do a placeholder player to even create that in 2K, at least putting a little bit of detail into it, uh, can take uh, at least five to ten minutes of, of fiddling around and making sure that it's kind of the player that you want in the in, as the placeholder. So it's it's slowly but surely coming together in that respect. Uh, I have hit a slight snag in that I've hit the creator player limit. I've hit, already maxed out the amount of creator players, which just goes to show you how many players have come and gone in the league since the 2011 season. Just the turnover in 10 years is just incredible, and which, which is not really surprising because the average NBA career is about four or five years, I, I believe. But it does the, the downside of that, of course, is that you have to create a lot of players for, for an old game. So I am running through that, and I have hit that limit at the moment. I've reached out to a couple of people. Uh, shout out to, uh, to Jao Sming and also to Crispy. I reached out to both of them to ask about uh, how to get past the creator player limit. Because in NBA Live, working with NBA Live's databases, all you had to do basically was create the player and set their is created flag to false and the game no longer recognizes them as a created player and then it doesn't count them against the created player cap i thought this was going to be the same way in 2k11 unfortunately not so i do need to work a little around that and find out the best the best way of doing it the most efficient way of doing it and also the way that's going to make sure that it's not going to crash in association mode because i would like the roster to be playable across almost basically or certainly association and play now exhibition so I will have to look into that. I am doing that at the moment, working on it. And I was originally going to release both the 2018 and 2019 roster for NBA 2K11. At the, at the moment, I'm, I'm finishing up the 2K. Uh, I'm finishing up, sorry, the uh, 2018 roster. I'm I may still release it as is if I can finalize it, but I'm 
kind of thinking that it's going to be just quicker to then proceed and make that a, a 2019 roster, especially at this late stage of the game. There's probably going to be more interest in that. And once I've got that, continuing the roster update next season, probably going to be quite feasible, so I'll continue that, hopefully. But it has been, as I said, an, an interesting process to compare the way of, of doing rosters for both NBA Live and NBA 2K. Obviously, there's, there's a lot of overlap, and using Redditor 2 and Red MC, it's quite similar to ed- editing the databases, the old DBF files in NBA Live, but there are a few differences, obviously. Some of the differences in 2K are actually better, and others are more cumbersome. One of the things that's better, and I think I might have mentioned this in a previous show, but one of the things that is better about editing the 2K rosters is that with 2K's all-star teams, the special teams, East-West All-Stars, the rookie-sophomore teams, in the overriding rotations tab, you can just nominate the player ID and add a player to that team automatically. And that means that they'll be on that team, and anything that you do to edit the original player will also apply to the copy of the player that shows up on those special teams. In NBA Live, you actually have to create a duplicate of that player. You have to create a, another player with all the same attributes, but assign them to the special team through the through the database. And any editing you do to the original player, you've then got to do again to that second copy. As far as NBA Live is concerned, it's a lot easier when it comes to placing the face files. So with 2K's faces, they all have numeric names, numeric file names, that is and they correspond to the Cyberface ID in the roster database. In NBA Live, they had what we used to call a player package, which was a seven-character file name. It was usually made up of the first two letters of the player's first name and the first five of their surname. So, for example, LeBron James would be L-E-J-A-M-E-S. And that made it a little bit easier to track the file names, who was who, both in the art directory and also in the database. You didn't have to write down which Cyberface ID was, was what, because it kind of matched up and even if you had a few players where you you had to change things around there was a time when there were at least three players where they could have m-a-w-i-l-l-i as their player package including mo williams who was was of course uh, maurice williams and also two players called marcus williams so you would sometimes change the first two letters in the player package to the third letter in their name you might have the first three letters of the first name and then the first four letters of the surname. As long as it matched the player package, it didn't matter. So there was a little bit of freedom there. And again, you could tell who was who. I am learning with 2K. It's, it has been fun to learn the ropes as far as that, that is concerned. It's been nice to see that some of the things are easier. But some things definitely have been harder. The big thing is to create a player limit. I want to make sure that the roster is as compatible as possible. So I will be working on that. I'll try and keep everyone updated. And I'd really love to get something out this month. I don't want to set a date. I don't want to make any promises that I can't keep. But I'm certainly going to do my best. Also have some projects for NBA Live coming out. A couple other things for 2K11 that I've been thinking about. And once again, thank you to everyone who has contributed art so far for both the NBA Live and NBA 2K rosters. Could not make the comprehensive updates that I've been able to make in previous years and hopefully we'll be able to make in the future without those contributions. So very much appreciated. And yes, let's absolutely celebrate modding this month with March Modernist. Looking forward to seeing some great releases and hopefully we can give one of you a free game later this year. So yeah, once again, looking forward to some great things for modding and celebrating modding this month, Kenny. Yeah, it's definitely an excellent time for the community and yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing what they come up with. So from modding to playing, it's time to talk about our week in basketball gaming. Alley-oop! Oh, what a play! It looks simple, but it's hard to execute. We had an impromptu session of 2K Prime last night, Kenny. I put out the feeler there in our group. A few of us got on. We were playing other things, and 
you had a bit of a go first. Yeah, actually, you had a go in the in the walk on in the Jordan Rec Center before we did. Uh, how did that one go? Um, it was horrible, and <laughs> I, it's a game I'd rather forget. But I did manage to perform a chase down block, so I tried my best not to fail out of it because I know that's a particular badge that I'm finding particularly hard to grind at the moment. And of course, they actually had that as the daily bonus a couple of times before a chase down block as well. Unfortunately, not like last night. I think it's the play five games in one v one at the moment. Yeah, that's what it currently is, and I don't even know where the one v one courts are, so I don't see myself completing that one. Well, that's the thing. You've actually got to wait till the event starts in the neighborhood as well to actually play one v one in the first place. So ah, right. So it's like a fear of missing out kind of a. Uh, a daily reward or something. That's how they get you. Yeah. So that was a, f- a forgettable game. Kind of the way it sometimes goes in the rec center, although we have found the rec center is actually better than Team Prime this year, which is, again, just, just a shame how that's all gone down, Kenny. Yeah, it says a lot about how, I guess, Team Pro-Am has changed for the worse and kind of how inaccessible it is. Now you have to have all five players. It's probably better in the States, I suppose. You've probably got more people playing and getting the five, five together for the squads, if only because they are looking at a shot of getting in the 2K League. Yeah, but at the same time, I, I could see it having all the same problems because, yeah, a lot of cheesy players. Oh, we're definitely not the only ones complaining about this and that. And certainly the restriction on the minimum, having to have the five players instead of the minimum three is not helping. The The cheese, the zigzag is still there. We've talked about that before. But we did have a couple of games and... Even though they were losses and there was frustrating moments, for, for stretches of both games, I actually thought they were pretty good. Like that first game, until that fourth quarter collapse, which was kind of on us, really, that was a, a pretty good game. Like you, you mentioned it last night when we were you know, talking about it afterwards, saying it felt like a good grindy game. Yeah, like it was one of those games, I think maybe both teams were scoring about 10 to 15 points a quarter. So it wasn't, wasn't a very high scoring game, but... The buckets we did get, they felt rewarding because obviously they were hard to come by. So um, yeah, I, I really enjoy those type of games and it's something that I think is really missing from the current NBA. Oh, definitely. And there wasn't a lot of threes, which is something that is not missing in the current <laughs> NBA, but it wasn't a lot of threes. And I think the game always feels less cheap online when there's not a bunch of sharpshooters just knocking down ridiculous threes over two people from 40 feet. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's part of the reason why I guess I haven't really played much of Park this season because it's just all that pretty much. I I tried a 1v1 game against a stretch four the other night and ended up fouling out. You can do foul out in a 1v1 game apparently. So I don't know what what Jerk is calling that kind of fouls in that situation, but nevertheless. (laughs) Sorry, speaking of fouling out... um, the previous game I played before I joined up with you guys, I actually, um, it, there was this instance where we had a 60 overall power forward who just wasn't defending at all. So I was kind of like, oh, screw this. I'm just going to intentionally foul my way out of the game. And after I got my fifth, I was like, oh, you know, maybe I'll just play for a little while longer because people were actually like, they were like avoiding me and actually making mistakes because they knew I was going to intentionally guard, um, intentionally foul the point guard. But, mm. um, yeah, so I played the entire second half with only one foul to give, and thankfully it didn't happen because otherwise I would have lost progress towards that chase down um, artist badge. You got the superstar calls there where they, they know you're on the fifth, and so they don't give you that last one. So. 
Well, that and maybe I was a little bit relaxed on defense. <laughs> Playing that LeBron defense. Um, <laughs> so that that first game, we got off to a really good start. I thought I thought we were going to run them off the run them out of the gym because we were off to like a ten two start, and they just didn't seem to have it together. They started to get it together, and we were it was quite competitive back and forth, grindy, like you say, just every bucket seemed to be earned. Uh, I made three threes in the first half, three or four, so I was feeling pretty good. End of the game, shooting three of nine from three pointers. We just couldn't really buy a bucket when it counted. That that fourth quarter collapse. It's uh, I think the problem we have we have these at least three great quarters, but there's always one that ends up costing us. When we do lose, it it comes down to a quarter that just completely goes to hell. Yeah, and I think I don't know if it's something that's going to be an inevitability. Then maybe we just need to look to minimize the damage mm. somehow. Like. Uh, I don't know what the answer is because it seems to happen in every game. But, um, yeah, just trying to maybe lose the quarter by maybe five points instead of 15 or 20 like we seem to do sometimes. I think maybe we don't call enough timeouts just to settle ourselves down and perhaps say, okay, let's let's go heads on straight. Maybe it's something like that. And I think that does actually inter- interrupt the momentum to some point as well in the game mechanics. So it's, it's probably worth a try. Yeah, possibly. I mean, I... I guess just in general, I don't like calling timeouts because, um, like, just just in basketball video games, because I like the momentum. But mm. um, yeah, I, I suppose that's something that we could possibly look into. One thing that annoyed me: we were down forty-four to forty-one. Again, grindy game, low-scoring game, but it was a lot of fun up to that point. I had a shot to tie it, wide open shot, and just as I went up, lag spike. So it was a really late release, terrible shot, and. It was a shame because that, that was that was my shot, wide open, all the badges were there, catch and shoot, limitless range, everything was ready to go, and then, boom, you know, it just uh, lag spike hit, and it just goes to show that the problem with the Jordan Rec Center, do we really need to see all the games happening in the background? Like, that's part of the problem, I have to believe. Yeah, I think that's definitely a part of the problem, and I can see why they're going for it from an aesthetic standpoint, but sure. it's just from a practical from practicality, it just doesn't work. Not at all. No. Second game, we actually got off to a really terrible start. Our, our worst quarter, I think, was our first quarter. But then we, we brought it back. We actually were in it and almost came back to force overtime or even possibly win. We just one of those situations where we ran out of time. But I thought we played a really great uh, second half and fourth quarter in particular, the reverse of the previous game. We did. And I think um, that was a game where the four of us actually all scored like we all shot over 50%, but mm. I think the main culprit was the eight turnovers by the random that we were playing with. So that was definitely, um, yeah, we, I think I, I checked out the scorecard and we only like lost by two points. And yep. I was just thinking, man, if that guy only had like four turnovers, which is probably, you know, too many as it is, then we probably would have won that game. But yeah. I was, guess that's how it goes. The, the three, the three in the key didn't help. The two consecutive three in the key turnovers were the, the yeah killer at the end. He, it was strange because it looked like he was going for like calling for alley oops because he kept like jumping and doing like the dunk animation on the rim, mm. and I think that was getting him caught in the key, and it was so frustrating. And that's just the way it goes, I guess, with with the randoms. But the the first random was I thought. Uh, you know, Mr. Moses, <laughs> shout out to you. He wasn't too bad. He, he certainly could finish at the rim. Yeah, I mean, I suppose last night was kind of indicative of how uh, the Jordan Rec Center is just in general because, yeah, the first teammate was fine 
and the second one was not so good. And of course, we we had our moments where we were getting screwed over by the animations or, or whatnot. Uh, I was quite happy to actually get that steal and run out and dunk. Uh, I do that quite a lot in my career. That, I think that's the first time I've been able to do that online. So that was that was one of my highlights. I felt. And one of mine was when I was posting up that guy and I did that spin move around him. That was something that I always do in uh, Korea, so it was kind of cool to pull that off online as well. That was a big spin from a long way out. We shouldn't see that <laughs> for the big finish. That was that was really funny to see. Um, maybe, that, maybe that's the thing. Maybe we should just do some of the stuff we do offline. Yeah, I try that though sometimes online, like, you know, layups, but they don't tend to work for me. So, yeah, it's... It's it's a bit of an adjustment I have to make. I tell you, UNX gets screwed on more layups than anything. And I was watching the Warriors versus 76ers today, and Tobias Harris did have a really good look that he missed at the rim. So, I mean, people say, oh, you know, it, it happens. You miss easy ones, and you do. But with that frequency at, what, 7'3"? I don't know, man. <laughs> I, think, <laughs> I, think, I think UNX do get screwed on, on too many layups. Well, you know... I think often the animation I get is like the Ronnie peg the ball at the <laughs> backboard and hope for the best kind of thing. So, um, yeah, I can see why some of those don't go in. But at, I take like most of my shots within five feet of the rim. So to be shooting uh, 33% is just diabolical. Although you have expanded your range a little bit in, in my career from the uh, videos that you showed me the other day. <laughs> yeah, I have um, I've posted a few I think um, on Twitter of me just uh, doing a pick and pop motion with uh, Trey Young and splashing a few from outside. So yeah, it's uh, it's fun. I actually the first one I posted, I noticed that there was a comment on there, but Twitter wouldn't let me see it. So um, I guess I'll never know what that random person had to say. <laughs> I've noticed that sometimes. That's kind of whether it's some kind of uh, filter setting on Twitter, maybe. Yeah, well, um, I suppose. It's probably a good thing that I didn't see it because I know that uh, it's Twitter. You know, the, sometimes, <laughs> yeah, and sometimes the wider basketball video game community can be a bit toxic. Um, definitely, definitely not our community, but I think, yeah, just a just the wider community. There is a few problems with that. I wrote a Monday tip off article about that, in fact, and it's actually actually even on Reddit. Somebody started a thread on the two K Reddit talking about the toxicity in the community. So a lot of people have noticed how much it's it's come up over the years. Yeah, and I think it's um, yeah. I don't know how you address that kind of problem. Filthy but casuals. I think <laughs> I think uh, bringing attention to it is definitely one of those ways. Worth a shot, if nothing else. Yeah. So with my career, we've both been playing a little bit of that. We're both in our second season. I'm rocking the Chicago Bulls championship T-shirt, as you probably saw the other other night on uh, in the playground. Well, when when I had the shirt and wasn't flipping to <laughs> default um, brown shirt and sweatpants. But uh, I managed to get 12 steals in a game, so I've got the new record. I'm guessing yours is something like 15. No, I actually got 12 as well um, just the other day. So, um, yeah, that's something I did pretty recently as well. Using your technique, it, it definitely still works. They haven't patched that. We won't we won't mention it specifically because they probably will patch it, but it, <laughs> it, it definitely works. So thank you for that tip. It's uh, it's got it, it got me the – I was trailing in the steals last season, in the, in the first season, and actually ended up getting the – Hall of Fame uh, qualification achievement of leading the league in points, assists, and steals because I just overtook Oladipo with a bunch of eight and nine and seven assists, uh, seven steal games by using your tricks. So it definitely works. <laughs> yeah, 
maybe we should make a video on it and uh, do the Agent Double Zero tactic of making a super clickbaity title and, you know, get a million views and tons of ad revenue from it. So you never know. Maybe we should. And if nothing else, they'll probably fix the cheap steals online. So, hey, it's uh, <laughs> we can... Win-win. We, win. we can be the jerks that ruin online. Ruin online <laughs> by fixing online, but... And, uh, that 12 steals came in a quadruple double game as well i've got a couple of those now uh it's not like 2k17 where i was just racking them up i had like a month where i was averaging a quadruple double it's they've made steals a little bit harder than that this time which is yeah probably for the best actually but still putting up some ridiculous numbers i mean when you're averaging uh, 62 points 14 rebounds and 22 assists as a point guard in your second season you're kind of destroying the game but uh, i'm having fun with it and uh with the clutch, with the late game shots in the online games, in the, in the Pro-Am games last night, I actually capped out. I got the capped out trophy, got all my badges, personality and skill badges maxed out. So I feel quite uh, satisfied with that grind this year. Yeah, I'm kind of jealous because I have like uh, another two Hall of Fame badges that I need to grind. One of those is charge cards. So that's been a lot of fun, like going into that gym and you know doing those drills pretty much after every single game. I think um, I think I will have to do another three gym sessions in order to get the Hall of Fame badge for that. So I'm close for that, but um, I still need to get the Chase Down Artist one. See, the advantage of having an archetype with no Hall of Fame badges is that you have no Hall of Fame badges to grind. And <laughs> in fact, since I did that in the first season, I got all the skill badges maxed out anyway. I've taken a very uh, Alan Iverson approach to practice, which is I don't attend <laughs> the practices anymore. <laughs> I, I actually did the other day while I was waiting for you guys to uh, to finish up and come online. I just did it just to grind the cap with all 0.1% or whatever each drill got me. So it's it's really not worth it once you do once you're up to the 92 overall to really do that, unless you are grinding for a, a badge, of course. Then it definitely is. But yeah, I, I hadn't really done a practice since I basically early in the playoffs in the first season and i'm now about 20 games into the second so yeah i'm i'm, I'm that kind of uh jerk star i don't practice kenny i <laughs> it is beneath me yeah i mean it would be for me as well but yeah i'm a, i just i just can't uh take a charge in games so i i suppose nba 2k19 doesn't really lend itself to that and when you're seven foot three your instinct is to go for the block shot mm-hmm. every time so um yeah, there's not much of an opportunity for me to take charges in games, but I find that a few of the badges, the Hall of Fame ones, were fairly easy to get because they were stuff that I just do in games anyway. Like, mm. um, I think the brick wall and the bruiser badges, you pretty much get those just by setting screens, and I set like a million of those in my career. Um, I still haven't figured out how to do it effectively online, but um, yeah, it's just something that. I instinctively do as a center so that wasn't very difficult at all i, I guess because everyone else's movement is less predictable online if we were a bit more yeah. organized with some of that would probably be a lot easier and you'd get the points from that so but that's something else we can i suppose we can try but uh, but speaking of, of overalls and everything how good is it to be 92 overall and not have to go to the gym yeah it's so good i do not miss that at all that's such a cumbersome part of the game I feel, I mean, I, don't, I guess it's not going anywhere because it it's part of the Gatorade branding and, and the grind and everything else. I feel like the gym rat badge should be, you should get it a little bit earlier, maybe mid-80s, mid to high 80s. Yeah, possibly. I mean, 
I can kind of understand where it is because you do have to go over those two cap breakers to get to 92. So it feels like uh, a big reward for that. But at the same time, it's just, I don't know. It, aside from the branding, I just don't understand why it's in the game. It, it's busy work because as people will say, oh, well, it's, you don't have to do it. But the benefit that it gives you, you pretty much have to do it, especially if you're playing online. And having to interrupt the session to go to the gym, as we did so many times in, in 2K18, and we were doing a bit in 2K19 earlier this year as well, last year. Yeah, I, I think it's it's just not a, a practical design for a lengthy online session, which you would think they'd want to promote. And it would be good if like the gym could actually increase your physical attributes, because that's what gyms do. But yeah. in 2K19, it just doesn't work that way, unfortunately. You actually get more energy from going and working out. It's It's kind of opposite i suppose well i i can see how it works in that sense because you know the idea is that the more you go to the gym more you build up your fitness the more energy you would have you know during the day and whatnot so i understand that part but if you're doing like weight sessions or stuff like that and you don't gain any strength then yeah that's not very realistic and it's it's something they could do moving forward i thought the 2k17 training system and whole doing work and everything i actually like that I, i thought that worked out pretty well I saw some people that didn't, and I couldn't really understand. They didn't really explain why. I mean, it's it's often how we go with gamers. It's just, oh, it's terrible. I don't like it. Why? No, I, I just don't. But I, I liked it. I liked 2K17. I thought it was intuitive. I thought doing different drills, you actually got the, the plus one. I liked having the free throw rating apart from the badge. That was nice. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I'd rather go back to that that situation. I miss being able to do the vertical leap drill. I like that one. I like. I prefer that to the box jump. Yeah, yeah, the vertical leap was actually fun. So I actually do have the goal of making the Hall of Fame now. I've never actually done that in my career before. Have you retired and got to the Hall of Fame? No, I haven't. And I probably had an opportunity to do so in 2K16 when I played like seven seasons. But yeah, I just never, I never really kind of got around to doing it because I thought, oh, who retires after seven seasons? I've seen some people do articles where they retired as soon as they got into the league just to see what happened. So, <laughs> I mean, there was that um, that that case of that guy who won the championship with the Cleveland Cavaliers who like retired. I guess yeah. If you, if you have the you get to the league, you make your money. Then why not? I suppose some some people <laughs> do have very short stints. But I want to give it a go. I, I've got nine of the I got nine of the ten in my first season basically. So I've. It's really what I'm going to be able to get in the second. Probably going to get it on total assists. I tried to work it out because they don't—they just give you like a, a fraction. So I'm five sevenths of the way there. So I kind of did the math on that one and, and figured out well I need to if I hit uh, basically if I get about two and a half to three thousand assists over the first two seasons, which I probably should with the way I can rack up assists, um, I'll be able to get it on that and and just see. But I'm also interested to see whether if you retire a player from the NBA, whether you can keep using them online, because that would, otherwise, why would you do that? Why would you retire before you put the game aside? Yeah, it's it's something I've wondered as well. Like, I think that was an issue in 2K16, if I remember correctly. Like, people retire their players and weren't able to use them. I, I don't know, I wouldn't quote me on that, but I kind of remember that being a thing at some point. But, um yeah, if I did choose to retire my player, it probably wouldn't be until like right at the end of the season. 
Yeah, to, when when we're getting ready for two K twenty, and that's that's my idea is to actually just get the the qualifications for it and then just play as long as I can and, and continue to use it online. Although I might get a second player and just retire straight away and see whether they're still usable in in online because you you would think that well I guess if you were if you were retired you might still play the odd pro am game or head down to your park your local playground and play it would make sense and it would be interesting like if in later. 2k games whether retiring your player and getting them into the hall of fame would give you actually like a few advantages online um like i think that would be an interesting incentive um to get players to actually do that rather than have it say like a symbolic gesture maybe the only way to get a hall of fame badge yeah be a hall of fame be a hall of fame player you could get like some kind of badge for it in any sense like um you know like a legendary player status badge or something like that for sure so i think that's pretty much all the stories i have just rolling along in the second season but i know you had a situation with uh, with trey young that uh, real life ended up imitating video games so on the 23rd of february i posted a tweet saying that you know scoring 50 in my career is cool but can you help a teammate score 50 plus and i posted a screenshot of trey young with 51 points of 19 of 26 shooting which i know he didn't score his what was it 49 uh, 49 yeah. was it 49 yep. he didn't score his 49 that efficiently but it was kind of funny to me to see that um he scored like a bunch of points not too long afterwards so mm. it's kind of a way that uh life is imitating the video game yes yeah, so it's usually one way or the other we talk about a video game performance in real life but i guess yeah there, there was one that um I, I, did you end up tagging uh, valor in that one i know he did enjoy trey young's uh, going um <laughs> no i just i post the trey young stuff every now and then just to see if i can get a bite but um i think he knows better than that but um <laughs> A few other things as well. Um, not only did he make the all-star game in my second season, but he's actually an all-starter. So wow. uh, something that uh, Luka Doncic hasn't done yet, I'll just point out. Um, even though, you know, he rightfully should have been an all-star in uh, like this year in real life. So, um, you know. They, they did drop the ball on that one. Uh, was Absolutely. He, was he also the captain? Was it Team Trey? No, unfortunately, it wasn't. It was Team uh, Team Kenny. So uh, I actually chose him on my team. And one other little <laughs> Trey still, Young factoid. So it was Team Young anyway. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, but uh, one other Trey Young factoid is that he's actually coming second in the MVP race at the moment, behind yours truly. <laughs> and he's averaging twenty-seven points and nine assists on the season, and leading the league in three-point percentage. Wow. Solid. Um, yeah, he's going to be a good player, man. That, that, like that, I've been saying it all along. <laughs> it's not just the last name. It, it reminds me of my 2K13, uh, my career with the Nuggets, and the the selection that for uh, for the MVP candidate selection logic wasn't that great. So basically, because we were winning so many games, ended up going I think 73 and nine that year. Um, and I ended up being the top candidate, but the second worst, like Iguodala, then JaVale McGee, and then Gallinari. <laughs> like, it basically had our starting five as the top five candidates for MVP. So it's, they've improved it a bit since then, but it's, yeah. It was like, it, it's like when they gave the, uh, was it player of the month to the Atlanta Hawks starting five? Or player of the yeah, month? Yeah, yeah. It's kind of like, like that. Th- that situation could happen here as well, but 
it might just be the the two young boys on the Atlanta Hawks. But um, yeah, so the rest of the playoff race, it goes like this: it goes me, Trey Young, Giannis Antetokounmpo, LeBron James, and Demarcus Cousins with the Indiana Pacers. So, yeah, you know what? You need to have that duo name. So, you, you, here's my suggestion: if uh, for those who know their British comedy, the Young Ones. The young ones, I like it. I also like uh, too young. That would be cool. Is that, but, um, is, is that with like a, a numeral two to be really cool, or like too young, or? It, yeah, I mean, it could be that way. Like the way that they do boys to men, like yeah. that kind of way. Yeah. But um, yeah, I mean, uh, have to, have to figure out something. I was also thinking orange juice, but um, <laughs> orange juice two point Yeah, pretty much because it was just as young back then and. Um, interesting that they they tend to use Young quite a lot. Like they've got Marcus Young as well um, as one of the fictional characters. So I, I don't know. To, I need to look at the credits again. If there's somebody Young in there, because yeah, you're right. The name comes up a lot. I mean, Trey, Trey Young is a real player, obviously, and and you know, not not everybody has your surname, I suppose, for their my player, but it does come up with the characters a lot. Yeah, and I I remember there was one season where I wanted to get on the Indiana Pacers because I think they had. Um, Thaddeus Young, and they had another young... Was it Sam Young? No, it wasn't Sam. It was like Joseph Young, maybe? Something along those lines. But, um, yeah, I wanted to get on that team because it would have been four Youngs, including Justice Young. So <laughs> That would have been, been cool. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah. That, those would be the young ones, actually. <laughs> <laughs> the young squad. The young bucks. You could have been, or you could have all got, got to uh, Milwaukee and been the young bucks. Oh, that would have been so cool. Oh, man. I wish I thought of that now. <laughs> the things we can do. <laughs> so I guess that has brought us to the end of another hopefully entertaining episode of the NLC podcast, episode number 277. We certainly hope you enjoyed it. If you did, we encourage you to tune in each and every week. You can also find us on iTunes, subscribe there, leave us a review. We always appreciate any help spreading the word about our show. You can also find us on podcatching apps such as Stitcher and Podcast Addict. Search for the NLSC logo. That will be us. Or you can keep streaming it on the NLSC. As we always say, as long as you're tuning in and enjoying the show, that is the main thing. You can also connect with us on social media. We're on Twitter, at the NLSC. We're on Facebook, facebook.com slash the NLSC. We're on Instagram, NLSC Basketball. We're on YouTube, youtube.com slash NBA Live Series Center. Been doing some more video content as of late. And of course, keep it locked to the NLSC itself, nba-live.com, for everything we do for basketball video games. But yes, that is it for now. Thank you once again for tuning in. Until next time, I'm Andrew. And I'm Kenny. Go get buckets, everyone. <laughs>